Hello, and thank you for joining us from wherever you are. This is the SBS Replay podcast from the New York University School of Professional Studies Student Council. Welcome to season three. This week, we're joined by Melissa Menta. She graduated from NYU SBS with a master's degree in sports business in 2016. With her endless passion for sports, Melissa currently works at the National Football League in player operations, overseeing player content and marketing strategy. The original session was recorded on Zoom and was hosted by Lorena Lorenzo. We have an exciting and important announcement for you at the very end, so make sure to hang back after the episode. Hey guys, I'm Lorena Lorenzo. I'm a member of the Graduate Student Council. Welcome to Alumni Live. We're very excited to welcome our guest, Melissa Menta, who graduated from SPS undergrad, if I'm not mistaken, from sports mm-hmm. business. And we're really excited to have you today. So welcome. So tell us about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so just want to, oh, there's the lighting. Okay, here we go. Um, oh, it actually worked out better. So Thanks for having me. My name is Melissa Menta. I graduated from NYU undergraduate from SPS in 2016. I also played soccer at NYU. I was always really passionate about sports throughout my whole life. I always knew that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete though. So it's actually part of the reason I chose NYU because I knew that they had such a great sports business program. Since graduating, I've been here at the NFL. I currently work in player operations where I oversee all of our player content uh, and marketing strategies. So we work very closely with NFL films and NFL network and uh, creating player features and elevating player stories and, you know, just enhancing the the player image for both current players, former players. We actually do also host a podcast series. So when you mentioned podcasts, I'm very familiar with how all that works. So I'm just happy to be here. Happy to answer any questions that you guys have. Super informal from my perspective, love connecting with current NYU students or NYU alumni. So however I can be of help, I'm, I'm here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to have us and asking a couple of questions. So you're located here in, in New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And um, currently in New York. There it is. (laughs) So I just, well, you described it a bit, but I wanted to know what it's like working in the sports industry. For everyone that's not familiar with the sports industry is, if you could explain us like what it's like, any experiences that have, have been very remarkable, the positive and the negatives as well. I can come up with one, how hard it is to be a female in this industry. Anything that you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, when I first came to NYU, it's, I knew I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't really know what that meant. I mean, there are a lot of different channels that you can take. You can be an agent, you can work at a league, you can work at a broadcast TV company like ESPN or CBS or Fox. Like there are just so many different channels. You can work in PR. Like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, I started going through internships and talking to people and figuring out like, okay, this is an option for me. This is, uh, you know, a job I never even knew existed before. I worked at a nonprofit. I worked at a startup. I kind of got my my hands dirty in whatever I could. I just wanted to figure out what I really was passionate about. Towards the end of the day, I realized that I wanted to work at a league. I wanted that, you know, corporate experience, that sports business experience. That's it's not for everybody, of course not. Some people really want to be agents, so they go really hard in that direction. Some people really love the startup environment, so they go in that direction. And especially now in in this changing landscape of like sports betting, there are tons of opportunities with startups. But I think for me, I actually haven't had as much of a quote unquote challenge being a female in the sports world. Number one, I, I work for two women here at, at the NFL and they're awesome yeah. and they've been huge advocates for me. And I'm really lucky to be, you know, under their supervision. They're very supportive about elevating me for projects and things like that. I also think that it's really important as a female to be comfortable advocating for yourself. And I've never had an issue doing that. And some people, you know, get a little timid in those situations, but, you know, I'm the first person to be like, hey, I just, 
kicked ass in this project. So I deserve a promotion or whatever it is. And just not being afraid to just put yourself out there, but also at the same time being humble and being flexible and, you know, being a true team player of, okay, we're on, we're on site at an event like Super Bowl, and somebody needs to go run over to the other hotel and get our credentials. It's like, all right, whoever's free, if you could do it, you're helping the team out. It's not below anybody to do those small tasks. So I think that, you know, my advice for anybody who wants to work in sports, like, don't shut off any opportunities just because you think you might not like it because number one, you don't know where that opportunity may lead you. And number two, you actually might end up liking it at the end of the day. And so I think that that's something that I've learned throughout my internships, throughout my time here at the NFL. And I think that really holds true. Well, that's a lot of advice. I certainly agree with that 100%. I always get that, that you have to put yourself out there. Uh, Following up with like, continue to talking about the NFL so is there any like like project that you can like tell us about just to give us or past projects I guess that you were really excited about that it was super incredible uh that you feel it was um some an experience that made you even fall more in love with sports and also have you always like been a sports fan or yeah so I'll start with the second part of that question yes sports are huge huge part of my life from when I was little. I mean, I've, been, I've played every single sport under the sun. Like I said, I played soccer uh, in, at NYU. So that has been a very consistent presence in my life. But even going to football games with my parents when I was younger, we used to go to Yankee games all the time. It's just been like the center of everything. And, and I think that, you know, it, it was something that always gave me very, a lot of confidence as just a, a girl growing up. It's like, I always knew like, you know, at gym class, like I could always show up the boys because I was better at kickball than they were. I was faster than they were. And so it really just always gave me confidence. And I also saw how it brings people together for people that I would never have normally crossed paths with people that were from different backgrounds or um, have different views on, on religion or politics, whatever it is, it brings people together and you're all like united working towards the same goal. So I think, and even family members, family members that, you know, I normally wouldn't have a, have a personal connection with, like we're, we would both be like sitting on the couch cheering for the giants on Sunday. So I think that sports have always been a big part of my life. Like I was mentioning before we got started, we're a big soccer family. My sister plays soccer in college. So, uh, and it's one thing that, you know, even to this day, my parents are divorced, but we all come together to watch my sister's soccer games with my stepmom and my dad and my mom. And it's great because like, there's no animosity between us because of sports. Like that is the underlying connection that we all have. And so the second part, or the first question that you asked, the project that I was, I've worked on that I'm proud of, I can talk to something that I'm actually working on right now. So we started a podcast series for former players to talk about, you know, their lives after football uh, a couple of years ago. And it was hosted by a Hall of Famer, and we would get some really cool guests on, um, all former players talking about whether they're entrepreneurs now or, you know, whether they've pivoted into something completely different outside of sports. We had one former player come on and talk about how he started a makeup company, but we've recently uh, pivoted that uh, to encompass all players. So now it's not just former players. We're going to, we've changed the name of it. We're relaunching it actually at the beginning of November, where we have a current player as one of our hosts. We're keeping our former player as a host and then we're adding another former player. So I'm really, really excited to just continue to like expand our reach with these player stories and show current and former players that there is a platform for them to tell 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 the world about who they are off of the football field and that's something i'm really excited about there's a lot of steam behind it we've gotten buy-in from our our folks in la we have a new partnership with iHeartMedia that's really promoting it as well and so this is a project that i've been trying to get off the ground now for two years was there's a little bit of a speed bump with covid and budget cuts and all of that but we're finally here we finally have our first recording under our belts and i'm just really excited to to get it going so that's one thing and like i think everything that we do here at least in my department, is awesome because it's all about elevating the player and serving the player and providing them with resources and showing them the NFL is here as a support system for them and that we're not just trying to hit a bottom line all the time. So this this particular project, I think, hits on that really well, and I'm really excited to see how it performs once we launch. Wow, like it's very inspiring to hear you speak because we can notice like you're very passionate about what you're doing. And also I got goosebumps when you said, uh, I completely agree that sports brings people together. That's why 
I mean, it, it helps people even psychologically, like to get distracted. I really agree. And I'm very happy that we have you here once again. So I want to uh, continue to go down your career path. Before the NFL, I know you worked in New York City FC, NHL, as well as ESPN. So what's like the, the different environments? Like what's it like for working in soccer, then in American football? Well, then in hockey, then in American football, ESPN. Like, do you have any, like the experience? What's it like? Sure. Yeah. I've, and I, I, I kind of touched on this a little earlier and like working in all of those different spaces has really taught me a lot about what I like and what I don't like. And so I'll start with, I'll go in, in chronological order. ESPN, I was an intern there in the New York office, my senior year of college, that senior spring. And it was great. And I was working in the business operations group for ESPNW. And I got my hands involved in, you know, putting some events on and things like that. I would say that ESPN is an awesome company. They really care about their employees. And I, I felt like as an intern, I actually got a ton of responsibility. I got to go to one of our events in Chicago and it was great. But I, what I realized in that moment is ESPNW is just one small part of ESPN. I wanted to be part of something a little bit larger. I also, I, I think that I could have a, a bigger impact in that space by, you know, coming out and doing something like what I'm doing at the NFL. And then maybe sometime at some point down the road, coming back to it. So that was my experience at ESPN. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the headquarters is also in Bristol, Connecticut. So I did feel like I wanted to stay in the city wherever. And I wanted that, that experience to be headquartered in the city. Cause I felt like, you know, I, we were just like the tiny little New York office and the rest of ESPN was in Bristol, which is just a personal experience, but I didn't have any interest in moving to Bristol. So that was kind of where I was like, okay, like I want to work at a place that's based out of New York. And most of our major five sports leagues have offices or headquarters here in the city. So that's when, when I started to pivot. NYCFC, I was working specifically for a team, which is much different than working for a league. I was a brand ambassador for them. So that was, you know, a couple of years after NYCFC first got off the ground and learning. And it was almost like a startup environment. So again, you got to exposure to, you know, all parts of the business, people who are still figuring out, like, what is our strategy going to be? What is our structure going to be? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And so it was really cool to like kind of be boots on the ground while NYCFC was still establishing their brand here in New York. New York team environment is, like I said, very different for a multitude of reasons, that being one of them. The other is everyone is truly working towards a common goal. Like you want your team to win. So that's what everybody's preoccupied with. Whereas like, you know, at the league office, you have like our department has our goals. The next department has their goals. And yes, of course we all want to succeed, but being in a team is like, no, we want our team to get a, a victory on the field, whenever our game is. And so I think the team environment is, is very unique and very family it has like that family orientation that, that kind of feels like very close knit. And then the NHL was kind of what I, what I refer to as like my foot in the door to the league environment. So that was my first job offer actually out of undergrad. And I didn't, it was an IT and I was like, I don't really want to do anything in IT with my career, but we're just going to go for it. We're going to figure it out. And I'm just going to get my foot in the door and see where I can take it from there. And I do think that had I not taken that job, I would have never gotten the opportunity to come over to the NFL. And so I was there for about five months. I was working on their digital assets and organizing like, you know, their old photos and videos into different, you know, I call it like metadata. And honestly, I, it, was, it was so long ago. I don't even truly remember the terminology, but it was definitely something new. I learned a new skill. I met people that I normally would have never met. And because of that, a couple of months later, I had the opportunity to interview for a job here in the department that I'm currently in and was able to make that transition. So uh, it was great. My, my boss from the NHL was very supportive. I was very open with him from the start. I was like, hey, I'm going to try my very best to learn as much as I can, as quickly as I can, and do the best job I can at this. But IT, is not the be all end all for me. At some point, I do want to transition to another group. And he was so supportive. And so when I told him that, because we had had that conversation from the get-go, when I told him I had this opportunity, he was like, you absolutely have to take it. I am so supportive of you. And to this day, we still keep in touch. So I was really able to have a strong relationship with him just because of that open communication of me being like, I'm going to be the best I, I can at this job, but like, this is actually what my long-term goals are. So yeah. So I don't know if that was a very long-winded answer. Yeah, all, <laughs> <Well>, but <laughs> it's I, I like I want this to be a conversation, but I just uh, like I want to continue to because it's very inspiring, and I feel that 
some people like for me it's easy for you it's easy I guess because we follow sports since we've been very little mm-hmm. but I've met a bunch of people that are in our program especially in the masters and they just want to see what sport the sports industry is like and they want to meet other opportunities it's not just about following games and knowing about everything do you have like any like motivative advice to those that feel intimidated by people that know more about sports that they want to get in the industry but I don't know are are afraid to maybe try it out or sure I think that that is it's totally a myth that you need to know the every single stat and every single thing about a given sport to be working in sports. The, at the end of the day, you have to be good at your job. Like that's what it has to yeah. be. And for me in particular, in the group that I'm in, because I'm in player operations, I do have to know what's going on in the player world. I need to, you know, keep tabs on, you know, who's doing well, who's injured. I'm not going to ask a player to come on our podcast, for example, who just got injured on Sunday. That's just not, that's, I need to be in tune with that stuff, but you don't need to, I don't need to know how many rushing yards Saquon had on. I don't need, I mean, I do know that because I'm a giant fan, but I'm saying I don't need to know that for my job. So that's, that's, I think something that is sort of a myth. I think at the, like I said, at the end of the day, like know what's, you need to know what's necessary to make you the best at your job. But at the end of the day, it's the person who's the best at that particular role that should be in that role. And I think if you do want to work in sports, you should inherently just have like a passion for knowing what's going on in the sports world. But I don't think if you don't know, like all of the ins and outs of like, what are the, the NFL rules? Like, it's okay. Like, as long as you're still good at your job and you still understand the, the institutional knowledge of sports or like the, the, the landscape, or you at least are willing to learn, then you shouldn't be intimidated about entering the, the field. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel that uh, it's an industry and also it's a very fun industry from what I'm hearing. I want to open the room for any questions that you guys have because I want this to, I don't want to, maybe you can take a water break because I feel that you've Mm -hmm. talked a lot and we're still listening to you. I guess everybody's also in shock uh, from listening to you and it's very inspiring. I don't know if anyone wants to ask a question to Melissa. Uh, yes, Blake. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Hi, um, my name is Blake Judge. I'm a senior undergrad here at NYU. I actually graduate in December, so I guess I, I so a senior, but a graduate a little bit early. So my question to you is: you 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 mentioned it in terms of like when you were working in the IT and you had a healthy relationship with your boss at the time, your supervisor at the time, and you two stayed in communication after your your time there. So my question to you is, I recently just worked an extensive internship. Uh, it was like about a seven-month internship with the Arizona Rattlers, which is the arena football league team in, in Arizona, obviously. And so uh, I really want to work in, you know, very similar to where you're at right now, the NFL or, or team operations. And I worked in the personnel department for that, for that team when, with my time there. And I guess my, my question to you is, how did you – both maintain that relationship with your supervisor after you left the company and also how did you approach him when it came time to other opportunities or other things you were looking for down the road sure yeah no it, it was definitely I was definitely a little nervous to have that that conversation with him when I like got the job offer to come to the NFL, but I was more confident going into it because I had already had that conversation about what my long-term goals are. So when I first started, we kind of sat down and we went through like, what were my short-term goals? What are my long-term goals? And I was, you know, very upfront with him about my long-term goals. So when I went into that conversation, I basically was just like, I want you to know that I've had an amazing experience here and I'm so grateful for everything I've learned here. It's challenged me. I've met some really great people, but this opportunity that's more in line with my long-term goals came up. And I think that this is the best move for my career. And he totally understood. And, you know, I I can't say that this is the experience that every single person is going to have, but I think because of that open dialogue that I had from the get-go, it made me a little bit more comfortable going into that conversation. Although of course I was still nervous to have it, but the second that he looked at me and he was like, this is great. I'm so happy for you. It was like, okay, so you don't hate me because I'm leaving. And then after that, he was like, I would love to keep in touch. Like, please let me know how it goes. So, you know, what we would do 
we kept in touch a little bit more frequently than we do now when I first left, obviously. But every once in a while, like, you know, I'll send him an email like, hey, like, I saw this in the news. Like, uh, he's still at the NHL. I was like, hey, like, you know, like, I noticed this, like, really cool. Hope everything's going well. Or, oh, if like you want to grab coffee at any point, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be free on Friday this date. So let's catch up. Let's see what's going on. And, you know, just, just keeping those, like keeping your finger on the pulse of, you know, whatever industry or, or team or league that it is that you're leaving and kind of like finding those touch points and being like, Hey, I thought of you when I saw this. And people love that. People love to be like, oh, you thought of me. That's really nice. So like, that's how I've like really kept in touch with him. And I've asked him for advice in certain situations and whether that was career wise or, you know, just living in the city wise. And I think that, you know, as long as you keep your, your relationships authentic and there's an open line of communication, then everybody's going to be open to that. There are people love to like talk about, you know, what they're doing, give you advice and help you however you can. if like, it's coming from a genuine place. I hope that answered your question. It does. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So if anyone else has any questions. Hi, I'm Olivia DeHisela. I'm in. A, I'm a freshman in the undergraduate program. So you said that you're talking. You, well, you talked about elevating player image, and is that like from the standpoint of their athletic ability or their personal image? Sorry, my voice is cutting out. No, it's okay. Uh, personal. We we focus here on their like personal image. We want to make sure that they that they feel like they're not just a football player, if that makes sense. Like we don't have to worry about like they're, most of these guys have crazy social followings. Everybody knows how they're performing. We want to help elevate who they are outside of football so that, you know, they feel like people truly know that like, okay, maybe he didn't have a good game, but like he's beyond, he's not just a player. He's also a dad. He also is a business owner. Like he has so many great things going on about him. I think another big thing too, is like, there's this like negative, I guess, connotation with some NFL players that, you know, oh, they're not educated. Oh, they get in trouble, like all of this stuff. And that's such a small, small percentage of them. And we think it's our job to show the world that no, a lot of these guys are like really, really smart. A lot of them have their college degrees. A lot of them are doing all these things in addition to being a professional athlete. So think about it from that perspective. And we want to give them opportunities to tell those stories of who they are and like what they're doing and, and why they're passionate about things outside of just the game of football. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to focus now on uh, what is a, what started all the student experience. So I know that you studied abroad. You went to Prague. Prague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah. And what was your experience there? What was it like? Uh, was there like a language barrier? And how did SPS help you with that language barrier? And if you recommend it for it's more for undergraduate students, but do you think it's a good idea? Yeah. So I cannot speak highly enough about my experience abroad. Um, I was lucky that I played a sport that allowed me to study abroad because I was done in the fall, but it was honestly such an amazing experience. And there was, there was a little bit of a language barrier. I took Czech when I was there. Cannot say much other than I know um, Dom C. Pivo is, can I have a beer? That's about (laughs) the only thing that I remember. So yeah, but it was, it was amazing. I felt totally prepared going into it. I I think that, you know, a big, big thing that NYU has that other schools don't is that I was on an NYU campus in Prague and we have other campuses like that outside of Prague. I think it's like London. We have one Shanghai. We have one. So it was, it was not so much of an adjustment. I was in class with NYU professors and NYU students in NYU buildings, uh, just happened to be in Prague in the middle of Eastern Europe, but it was amazing. I had the best time. I think that anybody who can, who has the ability to study abroad, you should. It's just, it gives you a different perspective on, you know, everything. And even though I didn't take any specific sports classes when I was there, I got to really bridge what I was learning here in the States in sports and my experience in internships to what was going on overseas. And, you know, I, I made, I made a point to go to a Czech hockey game. I made a point to go to a a soccer game in Barcelona because like that was my passion. And so like, it was, it was really cool to see like, okay, like this is what I'm learning and this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I've been exposed to in the States, but now 
I'm going to apply it to what I see here overseas. And so, and that's huge, especially for here in the, in the NFL, it's like, we want to grow the game internationally. It's really important. So having that, like, you know, that tie to an international experience is just, it's, it's great. And I would, I would highly suggest it. The faculty were super supportive. I, I can't speak highly enough, like I said, about just like the facilities. And I stayed in the dorm when I was there too, which made it a lot easier because not every, not every abroad site has dorms, but Prague did. So it was great. I was in a building with all other NYU students. I roomed with one of my teammates from soccer and it was awesome. It was, it was really, really positive. I, I ran my first half marathon when I was there too. Wow. I was like, I need to like stay in shape for soccer next year. So <laughs> I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. So no, it was, it was really, really like highlight, one of my highlights of, of undergrad, I would say. And so anybody who has the opportunity to study abroad, talk to your advisor, make it happen, do it. Don't look back. <laughs> you won't regret it. Um, yeah, that's incredible because in Europe, I know that Well, sports is very big, especially soccer. I'm also a very big soccer fan. For Real Madrid, I don't know which one you 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 root for. I um, went to I went to the Barcelona game, but I would say <laughs> that I'm an Arsenal fan. So oh, okay, well that's that's good. And well, going back to like your time management, I know that you mentioned that you were an athlete, and how was it like to manage like and also an internship? I don't know uh, for each year how it was like to manage sports classes as well as the internships um mm -hmm. any advice in general I even have sometimes problems with time management so many advice any negative thing that happened to you that made you learn to not do that again or um, any misconception of time management sure I mean I think that whenever you get into oh, the working world or anything that you do your time management is going to be absolutely essential. So learning to master that now is huge. It's a great skill to have in anything that you end up doing. It definitely was challenging at times. There was one soccer season, I think it was my sophomore year, where I was taking full-time classes, playing soccer and working all at the same time. And that was during the fall, like during our actual season, not our off season. And it was a lot, but you know, I was very, very transparent with all three of my leaders, my coach, my boss, and my professors about the other commitments that I had. And, and you just, you find a way to make it work. If it's, if it's challenging, if it's too challenging, you don't have to prioritize or what, what, if my work is suffering or my, you know, my soccer is suffering, something has to, you know, something has to be sacrificed here. But other than that, like you'll, you should find a way to make it work and try to make the most of all the experiences that you have. I will say I never ended up working during soccer season again, because that was just a little bit too much for me. But I, I think that I learned, I did learn a lot from that experience that I can do it. It's possible. It's now, do I want to do it? And the answer was no. So Yeah, but I think that, and then I would take advantage more of the work experience in the off season and over the summers. But I think that, you know, you find a way to prioritize, right? What do I need to get done today? What do I need to get done this week? What, do, what can I get ahead of so that it's not hanging over my head when the time comes that like I have this paper due or I have this project that I need to, to work on. And you just, I find that I operate best when I have a lot of things going on because it, it gives me, it gives me incentive to just get what I can get done now and not put anything off. But I feel like when I have too much time, I'm like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do it next week. Whereas like when I know I'm like, okay, like I need to get this done today because if I don't do it today, I'm not gonna have time to do it at all. So I like the structure of it. I think that everybody kind of will approach this differently based off of what works best for them. I live by my calendar. I live by it. I put my personal stuff on it. I like have reminders in there to watch like for example on my sister's playing a soccer game tonight i have that blocked off on my calendar <laughs> nothing is i am not going to forget about that game it's on my calendar i'm not making plans tonight like that's happening so i i live by my calendar i'm very organized like that and i think that was what my second point was going to be is like staying organized is like whether that's you know you like to take notes into in a planner or you like to put stuff into your google calendar or whatever it may be you like to have stickies all over the place whatever works for you just staying organized and like making sure that you can do all of you can you can meet all of your commitments adequately without any of them suffering because i think once you have too much on your plate then it starts to detract from your performance you don't want that to happen but I think that, you know, making sure that you're balancing it the right way and you're very organized is really important. Yeah. And being 
I guess what I took from is being 100% transparent with also your boss or your coach and all of that. Is there like, was there any a bad experience that you had uh, or a, a positive experience that you had when you communicated that to your professor or well, not professors, but I guess your boss or your coach or were they very helpful and understanding? Yeah, uh, for the most part, I, I really don't even think I've had a bad experience or a negative conversation that's come out of that. Not in like, it, I know what it like going into those conversations, you're like, oh, like, I don't want them to think that I'm not committed to this or that I have too much going on or that, you know, like I'm not invested in what I'm doing. But, you know, being honest with them, being like, hey, like, I also like, I, I want to have this internship or I want to have this job, but I'm also a full-time student and I also play soccer. They're like, that's great. We'll make it work. So just let me know what your schedule is. And you're like, Oh, it was that easy. It's like, it's always, once yeah. you, once you open up the dialogue, it's always a lot easier than starting the dialogue. And like I said, I, the people also just like to know what's going on. They'd rather just know than you know, be like, why is Melissa running late all the time? Or like, why is she only, you know, coming to class? Like, on these days, like it, it's just, it's to me, it's like a no brainer because I always think about it too. If I was in their shoes, I'd want to know, I'd want to know yeah, like, right. Oh, she's playing soccer right now. So yeah, she didn't come to class last week because she was traveling for her game. So I just think that they might seem like intimidating conversations to have, but if you're like, Oh, like I have, you know, a really big project for my internship. And um, I also have class at the same time. It's like, maybe you could talk to your professor about that. And maybe they'll help you with your project. Who knows? Like, you never really know like where those conversations will lead. Yeah, I think that's, I asked that question because I feel sometimes it's intimidating, especially I, I'm also, I'm kind of an extrovert, but an introvert. And it's very intimidating to having those conversations, having those hard conversations. Cause of course you want to demonstrate that you're very committed. And going back to like talking about professors, do you have like a, a class that was very memorable for you that you maybe recommend taking or, and also do you still keep in touch with the professors? Because I, I still keep in touch with mine from last semester, but I, I, I'm curious to see if you still speak to some of the professors and any advice that they gave you or they, if they even helped you find an internship because I know some sure. have. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sorry about the sun. I guess the sun is setting <laughs> over here. So yeah. So I think I took a consumer behavior course with professor Hollander and then my, I, I really loved that. I thought that was awesome. And it's super applicable to any part of not just sports, but just like the working world in general. And then also my sports law class that I took with professor Myler and I keep in touch with both of them. Actually, mm -hmm. I keep in touch with professor Hollander pretty frequently. I actually had coffee with him a couple of weeks ago. And then Professor Myler, we, you know, we touch base every once in a while. And uh, I would attribute, attribute my career so far to both of them. They've exposed me to so many different aspects of the business. They've gotten me in touch with people who were hiring for internships or, you know, people that they thought would be good for me to speak to. There was one trip that I actually took with Professor Myler out to Colorado Springs We went to the U.S. Olympic Committee headquarters out there just for, you know, a networking session between other students at other universities, some of the employees at the Olympic Committee. So that was really freaking awesome. Um, really cool to be out there and, and like, you know, be boots on the ground at a, at a headquarters like that. And then also, like I said, the internship opportunities that I've gotten just simply because both of them are very well networked in the sports world. So, you know, having those conversations with them, like, Hey, I, I really need an internship this spring. And, you know, I don't even know what I want to do. Can you help me? They'll be like, Oh, I think so-and-so like might be looking for an intern. Maybe you want to talk to them and see if that's something you'd be interested in. So those are definitely two people that I would highly recommend. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to take their classes, look at, at their class schedule. And if at the very least, like reach out to them and set up some time to chat with them because they're really, really awesome people that just want to help SBS students. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I also had an internship with New York City FC. Uh, it was a very short internship. It was a three-month internship and that was all because of my advisor connected me to someone else and then they connected me to someone else. And I feel, I don't know if you agree, that's, that's what happens a lot in the sports industry, that you have to find connections and know who to speak to and who you're interested in just talking about. And that leads me to like another question that I had, like, how do we make most of our experience here at NYU and any networking tips that you have that really helped you on uh, any events you suggest us attending or 
just general tips that you have for all of us? Because I'm sure everybody wants to get involved in the sports industry, but doesn't know how, doesn't know how to speak to, doesn't know what to do specifically. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say this to anybody, the most valuable part to me of NYU was the network. You have the resources through NYU to do literally anything you want. They are just, you have to just reach out and take them. Like if you want to work at ESPN, I guarantee there is somebody that either went to NYU there or somebody that that is in SPS that you can be connected to via a professor or somebody along those lines. And the resources are there. The professors want to help you. The network is there. The Wasserman is awesome. Um, all of the advisors in SPS are great. Take advantage of the resources. They are literally right in front of you. All you have to do is just go and, and, and take them. And that was something that, you know, I, I wanted to make the most of at my time at NYU. Also being in the city, you can go grab coffee with somebody on their lunch break. That's an advantage that somebody who's at like a traditional campus school does not have. Like, yes, Zoom has become a way of life nowadays, but like there's still something to be said about meeting somebody face-to-face. They will remember that conversation much more than they'll remember a Zoom. And so I think that, you know, you, maybe you want to meet with somebody at MSG. You can do that in between classes. Like you, you have that opportunity. You have the opportunity to intern in the, one of the biggest cities in the world while you're also taking classes. So knowing that those opportunities are right there, just take advantage of them. And if, if you don't know what exactly what those opportunities are, talk to your professors, talk to your advisors. They will show you, they will gladly show you. They want to help you. They want to make sure that you are t- you're aware of the resources that you have through SPS. And I think that's the most valuable part of your education. It's like, obviously you're getting an education from a world-class university, but like you're also in one of the best cities of the world where there are tons of sports opportunities and you just have to like reach out and grab it essentially. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, 100%. I'm just agreeing with everything you say, because I feel that it's very inspiring since this is uh, people, I think, underestimate the industry or think about it as like, oh, it's sports. You have to know about sports. And I think it's very helpful for all of us to know that you were in our shoes at some point and that I guess you were always a sports fan and that kind of motivate you because you talk very passionate about every every sport I I realize but yeah it's good to know that you were in our shoes and that you have a lot of advice and that you're happy to help I have also had like the same energy that you have I received from every faculty member regardless of if they're actually in sports business or not and I don't know if you mentioned it but the internship and you also I wanted to talk about the um, nonprofits for a little bit we don't have much time and I want to have a few minutes for questions Mm -hmm. Uh, but did you mention how you got an internship the first internship was that because of SPS so the very first internship I had was actually an unpaid internship for City Parks Foundation and that was something that I think I applied to through job postings at SPS. And I went into it knowing that it was unpaid. It wasn't, it was a summer internship. It was like two days a week for like four days, uh, four hours a day. So it really wasn't a lot of work, but I was like, I understood. I was like, I don't really have experience. Like I kind of just have to start somewhere. So I did it and I helped. And it was, we would, what we did was we would go around to different office locations in New York city and set up a little putting green and have employees who were coming out on their lunch break donate to city parks foundation in order to to try to put the ball into the hole that was literally what we did so it was such a it was such a basic thing but that was that was my very first internship i took it i knew i wasn't getting paid for it i knew it wasn't going to be like a huge time commitment but i was like again like i don't know where to start so i'm just going to start that's and that's i think something that i would say too is like being flexible and like being okay with like okay this i'm going to take this step I have no idea where it's going to lead me. I don't know if I even want to do this. Like I might hate it. I might love it. Who knows? But just starting will set you on a path to what you actually want to do. You'll talk to people, you'll network, you'll learn what you love, you'll learn what you hate. 
And I think that just not waiting, you don't, I would highly discourage anybody trying to wait for the perfect opportunity. It doesn't exist. Perfect opportunities don't exist. If they do let me know because they, like I've never seen one, a perfect opportunities come from what you make of other opportunities, if that makes sense. So yeah. I would say like, if you're somebody who hasn't had an internship yet and you don't even know where to start, just start somewhere, talk to your advisors, talk to other alumni in like the sports industry and be like, could I even just help you out on a project for free? And the, honestly, people love help. So, and especially if you're asking to do it for free, like people, and I'm yeah. not saying undervalue yourself, absolutely get paid. If it's a formal internship, nobody should be doing a formal internship without getting paid. But, you know, there are some projects that even to this day I work on and I don't get paid for just simply because right. I'm interested in them and I want to be involved and I want to show, you know, people outside of my little department over here that I can, you know, I can contribute to other things. And it's made me better at my job at the end of the day. So now like I have like when certain things come up, like, we don't do anything about TV viewership in our department, but I worked on a partner uh, on a project around enhancing our TV viewership metric. So now every once in a while, they'll be like, Melissa, didn't you work on that TV viewership project? What do you think about this? And I'll be like, actually I did. And I have, I have an opinion here. So I think that it just, all those experiences will just make you a more valuable employee and a more valuable asset to anybody that you work for. Yeah. Well, my last question, I promise. And then I'll give you a break so students will a small break so students can ask you questions, not to be so specific, but do you have like a negative experience in an internship and what you got out of it? And did you pull through or did you quit? Or because sometimes I, I feel that people find themselves in a position where they feel they can't quit because of what you said, because they want to get started. They want to better themselves. So any advice when you find yourself in that situation where it's very negative, but you just want to continue to better yourself. So you feel the pressure. Yeah. I mean, of course there's nothing, not everything is what I like to call rainbows and butterflies. It's <laughs> not like that. So I would say a specific internship experience that I had was negative and I will leave company and I will leave names out of it. But there was one yeah. internship I had where my supervisor just, didn't acknowledge me essentially. So I started this internship, was really excited. I wanted to get some work experience and she wasn't even there my first week. So I was like, okay. And it was very, a very small team. And I just didn't even know what to do for the first week. And then the second week she shows up and she basically just says like, hi and bye to me, regardless of me trying to like talk to her about, oh, like, you know, I'm your intern. Uh, I would love to help out with projects. Just let me know what, what you want me to do. Long story short, that was really challenging because I was like, I'm putting all this time in, in, I'm coming to the office. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to have those conversations. I'm just really not making progress. So what I ended up doing is I ended up getting lunch with somebody who sits in the same area, but wasn't working on the same team. And I asked for their advice on what I should do. And long story short, I found out some reasons some personal reasons why the supervisor of mine was very absent and had nothing to do with me and had everything to do with these things that she was dealing with outside of work. And I, the whole time I thought it was something that I had done. So now having that knowledge and that context, I took things a lot less personally. And also this new person that I had met with, I had established a relationship with. And so I started working on projects with that person. And so I ended up getting a really, really awesome experience out of it. When at first I was like, this is going to be terrible. This person doesn't even acknowledge my existence. Why did I take this internship? And it ended up being really awesome. And I can't speak highly enough about the person who ended up, I ended up working with more than the person who hired me. But there was a time where I was like, what, what is going on? Like, I don't know what I did wrong. And it's, and that's another thing to like, think, keep in mind is like, you know, in those situations, like sometimes it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the other person or the situation. So, you know, just trying to be proactive about it and trying to get advice from others who may know a little bit more than you do will definitely set you in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, of course, being a team player, you know, that you have two heads is better than one and that you always, you have to support each other in a way. And I wanted to ask about the good, the bad and the ugly, because I know that it takes a lot of effort to get to where you are today. and that you're very happy right now in the position that you are. And I know that sometimes people are very intimidated, are very scared. They feel very lost, especially in undergrad. I hate the job search in as an undergrad. It's very intimidating. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I wanted to cover as much as we can in that one hour. I'm 
I want to remind you guys and also myself, I'm going to take advantage of this podcast as well as stay in contact with you. And I want to open the floor now if anyone wants to ask any specific questions that you have for Melissa or just general questions that you want to. And I will say like, happy to, you know, chat offline with anybody. If you don't want to, you know, be put on the spot for questions, I can share my email with everybody. It's literally just melissa.menta at nfl.com. So anybody who wants to reach out and, you know, maybe have a little bit more of a a private conversation, also happy to do that. So hi, sorry. So I I have, I guess my question is similar to what I asked at the, at the halfway point, but, um, I guess it's a little different. Also, I'm at a coffee shop, so I apologize for the, the noise behind me. No, I'm um, good. So I, I guess I just wanted to ask you, as you were exiting your time at NYU, you just finished your internship at ESPN, you maintained a professional network with some of your professors and, and also with your employers. I, I guess my question is, when it came time for you, once you received your first job offer or when you were looking for your first job outside of undergrad, how did you, I guess, go about either a reaching out to people that maybe you had not spoken to that you had a had a connection with in the beginning but maybe as time had progressed throughout your time at NYU you hadn't really had a communication with them or also in terms of former supervisors and things of that nature of like when it came down to putting yourself out there in the professional field exiting the academic field how were you able to just be like hey I'm I'm I'm, I'm now entering this profession I'm now entering I'm leaving my time as a student. Is there any way that you can assist me in terms of a job search or just a little bit more than just the simple, like, hey, can you write me a letter of recommendation? How are you able to just elevate your, 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 your network and your connections to where it, is, it was actually more meaningful than just, hey, can you write this up for me and send this in because I'm applying to this job? Yeah. So I would definitely say don't ever do that. Don't just come to somebody and be like, hey, can you write me a letter of recommendation? People don't like feeling like they're being taken advantage of or used. So I would say that the way that I would approach it, if you're looking for support in a job hunt or looking for a letter of recommendation, make sure you establish a relationship with that person before you ask and try to be a little bit thoughtful about what you might be doing in a couple of months or a couple of years from now. So you can establish those relationships now so that when you do end up wanting a letter of recommendation, it doesn't seem like it's coming out of the blue. It's like, oh no, we've kept in touch. We've gotten coffee. You know, we've talked on the phone a handful of times and like, and now he's asking me for a letter of recommendation. Like that makes sense. Also, you don't want a letter of recommendation from someone who doesn't know you. Like you want that person to know who you are because that's going to be the strongest letter of recommendation. Like it doesn't, I would say nine times out of 10, the, what the, what is in the letter of recommendation is more important than who signs the letter. So I would say that, you know, if you're, you said you're a senior, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm a senior. Yeah. So if you're thinking about, and you're graduating in December, you said. Yeah. I graduated in December. Yes. So it's October. I think that's plenty of time for you to start to, you know, have those conversations with your professors and talking to them about like, Hey, like I'm graduating in December. I want to start applying to jobs, ask them for some, some advice that they would have for you. Be like, Hey, like, you know, me from XYZ class, like I've had you in these situations and what would you suggest I look at or job opportunities I apply to. And I think that if you ask them for advice, they're automatically going to be like, okay, yeah, of course I want to help. I want to give you like any guidance or advice that I have. And you just keep those conversations going. And then, you know, you you come to, you know, end of November, December, when you start, want to start applying to jobs and you can be like, okay, now we've had a couple of conversations. I'm applying to this job based off of the advice that you gave me. Can you write me a letter of recommendation? And I think that that conversation goes much better than, hey, professor, I had you for class three years ago. I don't know if you remember my name, but I'd love a letter of recommendation. So just like establishing those relationships with them and making them feel like they're part of your process, that they're part of your decision making and that, you know, you're really, truly taking their advice. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Yep. Does anyone else have? Any other questions for Melissa? I have a question. I'm a student athlete as well. I play softball. When did you know that you could like handle the extra responsibilities of an internship? And was there ever a time where the internship came above like your soccer practice or like weightlifting or something like that? So I kind of knew pretty much after my freshman year, once I got a sense of what the commitments were going to be, 
I was like, okay, like I know I've gone through a season, I've gone through an off season. I know what my commitments are going to be. So I think that I can handle adding a little bit more to my plate. I told you I did that for one season and I decided that was probably not the best choice, but you know, I did it. I, it was doable. I just didn't want to have to do it again. I was, you know, talked to my coach about it as well to make sure that she was even comfortable with me going down that road. But no, I was very, very, especially in season, at, like during the off season, it was much different, but in season, my sport was number one sport, sports and school were number one. And then any work experience had to come outside of that. The only instance I would say that something else came before sports during soccer season was my dad's wedding. That was literally the only time that I just, I got the okay to skip practice because my dad was getting married. Other than that, I think that when you're in season, focus on your sports. That's more it, at the, at the end of the day, the experience is great. But like also enjoy being a student athlete. Don't try to like skip too far ahead. Like there will be plenty of time to enter and there'll be plenty of time to work. There won't be, there's a finite amount of time for you to play your sport. And I would literally do anything to go back and play sports. And I think I mentioned this earlier, my sister is playing college soccer now too. And what I would do to go back on the field, like sometimes I watch her, I'm like, put me in coach. But it's, I think you need to take a step back and try to make the most of your time, but also like enjoy what you're doing and be, be present because you know, school doesn't last forever. Sports don't last or being an athlete doesn't last forever. So don't try to like skip too far ahead. And I think that's why I ended up not wanting to work again during season. So I was like, there's no reason for me to do that. I can work in the off season. I can work over the summer. I want to just, you know, be an athlete and be a student while I can. Awesome. Yeah. I also miss playing even in school. I miss playing. So yeah, that's a very good advice to get advantage of the time. My time is ending as a student and I also, and I have one year left and I don't want it to end. So, so with that, I want to thank you again, Melissa, for taking the time. I know that you're very busy and taking the time for talking to us. I know that maybe a few people are very shy or don't, uh, didn't have the time to ask Melissa any questions. So uh, with your permission, if they can, I will send out an email or Tian will do that or put it in the chat with your email. I'm going to drop my email in the chat right now. So for anybody who wants to reach out or on LinkedIn, pretty straightforward. Thank you email. so much for your time. I know Tian wants to take a, a picture. And also before you guys leave, as I mentioned at the beginning of the meeting, there is also an alumni live happening in about four minutes. And then another one happening at from five to six. So it's from four to five and then from five to six. Also continue to participate in all the events of Spirit Week. And once again, Melissa, thanks. I couldn't be more happy that you're here. I'm very thankful for that. So if everyone wants to put their camera or if you don't want to, that's okay for a team to take the picture. But let us know so I can pose. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the heavens over here with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Melissa Menta. Actually, there's one more thing. Our podcast is growing and we would love to have you on our team. Skills such as video, audio editing, and graphic design are a huge bonus, but it's actually not necessary as we can help you learn. Send us an email at sbsusc at nyu.edu to learn more and get involved today. Thank you so much and join us to create more inspiring stories. The SBS Replay podcast is produced by the students of the NYU SBS Student Council with Ali Weaver, Ariana Olivas, Anna Zhao, Chien Zhang, Christine Long, Evelyn Tai, Jacarla Mitchell, Jessica Blodgett, Kyle Ronkin, Megan Vanesto, Martin Ma, Maya Kwok, Sanjana Benmatsa, Sarah Maruyama, Dhan Gangwai, Ding Nguyen, Varsha Raghavan. Special thanks to the NYU SBS Office of Student Life. Follow us on Instagram at SBSUSC and at SBSGSC and on LinkedIn at NYU SBS Student Council for more updates and content. Thank you so much for listening and see you on the next episode.